Welcome to the Trailbreaker Podcast. I'm Aaron Feinberg. In this podcast, I explore what it takes to be a trailbreaker. Through intimate conversations with people carving new paths across the landscapes of business, art, and sport, we dig in on how to excel across seemingly disparate endeavors. What drives people who manage to succeed multidimensionally? Is it how they think? Is it meticulous planning and follow through? Or is it some measure of delusional optimism? My guest today is Sam Alba, co-founder of Dagger, a modern CICD platform for software developers. Before starting Dagger, Sam ran the engineering team at Docker. He's originally from France, but has been in California since 2011. We talked about how managers are really a service to their teams, how it's okay to leave a company and not okay to stay for the wrong reasons, and how when you start a company, every time you talk about it to people, it sounds like a bad idea. Sam, good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining the show today. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So we have known each other for quite some time back when you were at Docker and you were Docker's first employee. So tell us a little bit about your experience with Docker and and then we'll get into kind of what you're up to now. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, so I joined uh, Docker back in the days where when it was still called uh, Dot Cloud. So it was a small startup doing a platform as a service Um I, I actually moved to California to join this company. Um, it was in uh, early 2011. Uh, we were five people total in the company, including the founders. Uh, and, uh, you know, initially I started, I, I joined this company to do whatever needed to be done, you know, as you can imagine in a startup of only a few people. Um, and along the way, I did several different things, built the product and went into uh, management at some point. So I was actually the first manager of the company. Uh, it was not by choice. It was really by uh, necessity um, for the company. Um, and so I accepted the role. I started to manage people and and my priority switched from, you know, shipping features to what can I do for the people in the company to help them ship features or just be well in the in the company, you know, uh, in their day to day work? Um, and let me just jump in real yeah, quick, please. So, so for folks who who are familiar with the world of the Docker's in, they know exactly what Docker is and, and does. But for for folks a little more removed, um, tell us what Docker is and and then and and what a container is. Yeah, so so Docker implements this notion, as you as you said, um, this this concept of containers, and so you can imagine as a you can imagine um, a software container being roughly the same thing like like a physical container, where you you use physical containers to to put all of your stuff and have your a, a standard way of moving um, supplies. You know, it can be on a boat, on a truck. Um, software containers are exactly the same thing for software. So a software has a lot of libraries, dependencies, a lot of different code, different language. Can have it can have a lot of stuff, and putting all of that into a container that can be moved uh, in a standard way actually allows you to simplify the development on your machine, 
uh, deploying your code on a cloud server, um, always by using this exact same container format. And, and are the end users of these containers, are they people like me, just individual users, or are these companies that would, would then use containers to store their, their information? They are usually any company that uh, needs to produce software. Uh, so they are usually software developers, um, mainly, or infrastructure engineers uh, managing the infrastructures, managing the code that other developers are, are writing. Um, yeah, so, yeah. And was, was Docker the first company to start working with containers, or was this something that was, was in play before Docker, and Docker just kind of took it in a different direction? No, so so containers existed in the in the Linux system and actually even in uh, past uh, Unix systems, um, we had a notion of um, of jails and similar things than containers. But the containers that that, that Docker used and that most people use today uh, were in Linux long before Docker. Um, they were not something widely accessible in a sense that you know it was several small primitives that you had in the in a Linux kernel, but that were kind of invisible from most people. And Docker, um, the product, made containers easy, you know, and that, that's the, the simplest way to explain what Docker did in the first place. Okay, so it took something fairly complex and, and simplified it. Yeah, exactly. Got it. And so, so you, you started off, you moved from France, and yep. um, you know you worked with Solomon, the co-founder, and and some of the other uh, a few uh, beginning employees, yep. and then eventually, where where was your your last role at Docker? So my my last role at Docker was uh, in 2018. So I was VP of Engineering. Um, I was leading several teams. Um, I was involved in, in the in a lot of different products, the enterprise product, at some point the cloud product. Uh, we had a lot of uh, back and forth in, you know, redesigning the the, the organization a couple of times. Uh, so my team kind of uh, scale scale up in the early days, shrank later, then had to scale up again. So that was kind of, we also changed CEOs uh, several times. Um, so along the way, you know, every time you have a new boss, basically the org has to look different. Uh, it's important. Uh, and, and my role was how can I shield the team and the people I'm responsible uh, for um, to, so, so they, they can, you know, still do their job and not be really impacted by that. So I would say the late, you know, the later years were a lot, a lot spent on my side by shielding people and explaining and, you know, doing some management up and down and on the side too, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was actually um, a big reason for me to, to look for a change at some point because, uh, uh, you know, something that started along the way, like roughly during that time in, in late 2017 to early 2018 was okay, I spent a lot of time doing management. I joined this company as a software engineer to write code. And, you know, my, my passion initially is to write code. Um, and I ended up doing a lot of management. Uh, and I, I asked myself the question at some point, is it, what do I want to do? You know, how do I want to spend the next 10 years? Um, and this, this question actually took me 
a lot of energy and a lot of uh, brain cycles, I would say. Uh, so, and, and I think that that's a, I want to dig into that a little bit more because yeah. I think that that is something that I see with a lot of clients, you know, whether they're in engineering or product or sales, marketing, whatever the function right, is, is where you started, you know, and what maybe drew you in and then you start moving through the ranks and you get to a certain level of seniority and, and now you're managing and you're leading and you're not so much doing and and you know before we kind of talk about that that many cycles uh that it took for you to 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 maybe shift w what was that process like for you i mean did you did you like it along the way uh, in terms of leading and managing or did did you always prefer doing code and, and the management side of things was just something that came along with the with the with the spot you were at the company give me give me a little more sense of yeah. what you felt about it all yeah absolutely uh, so initially i um uh, so the way i i i looked at it well to to answer the the first the, the first direct question is I, I really enjoyed the time where, when I was able to do both. Actually, I was able to to code a bit and and be responsible for the team and help them, um, you know. And and also, it took me took me quite some time to 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 ramp up on the management side because I I didn't have a management experience before that, and. You know, I, I was thinking, should I do? Should should I, I? I read a lot of books. You know, like where where do I find the keys? And I I realized I learned something about <laughs> myself, uh, which is that I I have a lot of uh, natural abilities to to manage people, and mainly because I feel that I understand them more easily than uh, some other people who want to be managers and they don't really understand. It's not really natural for them to understand what the team needs. So I would say at some point, you know, I, I stopped co writing code entirely just because I didn't have time. And my thinking is as soon as you become a manager, um, your first priority is the team. So as the team gets bigger and is big enough to take 100% of your schedule, so be it, you know, you, 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 you cannot make space um to to do something else it's very important and uh, i also developed um you know some some very strong beliefs into what a manager should do and and who a manager should be in a company um and for instance i always consider that being managing people doesn't mean being the boss you know i i don't really like this term being the boss doesn't mean much to me um, uh, you know, it, it's very important to to understand that the manager is a service for the team. Basically, it's a tool for the team. Uh, the, if the if someone in the team cannot do their work or doesn't feel good or is feeling that you know they they are not working on the right thing, they should talk to their manager, and the manager should solve it. Um, the manager should not, you know, implement some extra amount of constraints for the team and and I, it sounds really stupid to say but i along the way you know I, I started to to set things up in the in the company and, and it took me several years to understand a few things also uh you know but 
as the team scaled, at some point, I talked to other managers in other companies. I also interviewed managers. I hired managers. I hired directors along the way. And so it, it gave me a lot of data points into how people do things outside. And I realized that the, the, the basic things I just said are, are actually not well understood by other people out there. And it's actually very hard to be what I call a good manager. That said, it's very subjective. A good manager, what I consider a good manager, could could not be a good manager for someone else. So it's it's also about a different specific style. But the feedback I got in all those years at Docker was was pretty positive in the way I was doing things. So I feel confident about what I I learned. And I think that your statement about you know maybe this stuff seems silly to say. It's one hundred percent not because every single day, whether it's in a, in a coaching session or whether it's a, a running trainings for new managers or managers that have been, you know, moved up the ranks and now managing bigger teams or strong ICs who are deciding whether they want to go into management track, you know, the, the skills, it, amazingly enough, it's not rocket science, but what is rocket science is how to apply them and how to do them in at the right time with the right energy with the yep. with the right connectivity to the other person and and that you know while there's steps and formulas and approaches you can't deliver it in that way and have it go very well with people you have to be fluid and agile and and fluent and i think that you know that's where the practice and the the humility and the skills and the checking in with your end user, i.e. your your direct reports on how you're doing is is really important. And I think that, you know, there are there are people who are maybe natural leaders. However, I think managers can be is a set of skills that anyone can learn to do, but they have to be willing to to realize it's not a snap of the finger and then you're there. It, it, you don't just arrive. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I I actually spend a lot of time also, um, you know, training people from the team. Um, I always think that manage, you know, um, promoting managers from an existing team is always better than hiring an external manager and trying to fit their style into an existing team that that's already functioning in, in a certain way. Um, I mean, it, it works too, but it's I think it's even harder to do and, and the problem is promoting someone and training someone to then at some point promote to manager takes a lot of time it depends on the individual um, but yeah what I, I did both actually and I, I it took me a while at some point to you know when when, when it was time for my team to have um, an extra layer of management between me and the team and 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 forming a, a team of several managers and and all of that I, you know, I, I started to to force myself to explain how I was doing things and why and trying to convince other people that that was the right thing to do. Uh, because before that, when you're the only one, the only manager and the team is small enough, you just do things. You say, hey, what about we do a certain thing? Hey, I got feedback in the team. And, you know, uh, what about changing this and that? Um, so, yeah, training managers, especially people who didn't manage before, 
and they, they are really they really want to do it you have to convince them uh, that it, this is the right thing to do and sometimes they, they actually convince you that you should change the way you do things which which happens as well i think the the style of a, of a manager should always be questioned by the team uh otherwise you, you cannot do your 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 job basically right so so yeah it, it, i i had i had a lot of opportunities to think about what I was doing and why, and explaining that to people, so that was interesting too. And and so so you move up the ranks. You're you're VP of engineering, and then you're at this this sort of decision spot where you were talking about it just a few minutes ago, where you had some cycles to sort of really figure out, uh, you know, what you're doing, what you wanted to be doing, um, bigger picture life stuff. So so take us back to that time, and 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 let's uh, let's hear a little bit about what you wrangled with, and then ultimately what you decided. Yeah. Um, so at the time I was, um, you know, I, I was fine. Keep keep managing the team because I think for me the 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 company in at the time went through a lot of up and downs um, from a business point of view, from a product point of view. Um, you know, it happens in every single company, I guess. Um, and, and for me, it was so important to to you know keep doing a good work as a manager and helping the team to to still perform and be happy in their job. I didn't really think about uh, leaving at, at that point. I was at some point, you know, I was I was thinking about what if I had an opportunity to leave, what would I do? And and then a lot of things happen. You know, we uh, as I mentioned, we changed CEOs. Um, we actually had um, uh, well, Solomon, Solomon Hikes left, I think, late 2017, something like that. He, he's, a, he's a really close friend. Uh, I mean, I, I talk about my, my new company after that, but he's now my, my co-founder. And so he, he, was, uh, he was a close friend back then and um, already. And, you know, he was also the founder of the company. And so for him leaving the team, I, I could see how the early days were you know, not there anymore. And, and now I, I had the, a very strong feeling that I was doing, uh, you know, it, it's almost like I joined a new company and be a work that I didn't really like. And and with a, also a new CEO in between, you know, on top of that. And the new CEO also brought uh, a lot of new people on board. At some point, I had I had the feeling that I was less critical for the org. I could I could just transition the org and it could work. At that time, I also had uh, directors under me, so I had um, I think at, at the peak I was running a team of close to a hundred people. Uh, with uh, directors and managers and I had eight direct reports to run this org and you know it was a lot of work but at the same time a lot of teams were autonomous enough so I was thinking okay if we need to go into yet another reorg and reshuffle all of that I can actually it, it can actually happen without me uh, and this is when I started to have a conversation with uh, my boss of the time was the, the CEO uh, of Docker, the new one. And uh, I, I was basically saying, hey, I, I have time, you know, I don't have to leave right away. I don't want that to be a problem for the company after eight years, uh, eight of my eight years of my time spent in this company. I have time and I, I just want to 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 inform you that I, I'm going to I'm going to leave at some point. Not, not sure when, not sure to do what, but uh, and I had a lot of support uh, and that was great. So I, I always tell, you know, everyone in, in, in my team, in the past, I always told people, it's okay to leave. 
uh, it's not it's not okay to stay in a company for the bad for for the wrong reasons. And so, and I applied that to myself. I said, you know, hey, I'm going to leave, and it's fine to to talk about it, right? And and uh, and I can, I saw in the past that a lot of people are afraid to have this conversation. They are afraid to be fired for some reason. I don't I don't understand why. Um, so that you know, there are a lot of things, and some people just say, oh, I'm about to leave, goodbye, and they just take their bag and leave, uh, or like give a, a one week notice. No, so that was not by my my thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave at some point, not sure when, not sure to do what, but let me know how I can help to make this easy. And we started this in, I think in Q1 2018, um, and I started to think about my next move. That process of of leaving in a good way is is really important. I think you you highlighted it nicely, and it's it's interesting because you know I've coached a lot of folks who who through the coaching process get to this point where they they think the right move is to is to move on, uh, or the right move is to is to get on a different team within the company. Uh, or but either way, there's some change that needs to happen, and I think that you know it is very normal for, for that to happen all the time. It changes the norm and it's really about how do you do it? And, and do you, do you handle it with the right intention? Do you communicate at the right time? Not too soon, not too late. Do you make offers to, uh, to share the institutional knowledge that you have that would benefit whoever's taking over? Do you try to set the team up in, in the best way possible? Do you make yourself available for a few touching points after you're gone? Like whatever that, whatever the right move is, just being thoughtful and considerate and the right intention is, is all that's really necessary. And, and as a result, I feel like a lot of folks you know, they go off and they try new things. Some of those things work, some of them don't. And sometimes they boomerang back, right? They, you know, and, and I feel like any good company who had a good employee that left in a good way would be wise to welcome that person back if they boomerang, you know, back in a few years. And, and you know, whether it was folks at Google or Yahoo or some of these other companies I worked at where that was in fact the case and, and the door was always open for these folks. Um, and I think, uh, I think you're, you're right to say, you know, you do the hard work and you do your cycles and you figure out what it is you really want. And then when you're clear, it's very important to then go and have those conversations. And, uh, and I think sometimes folks don't spend enough time getting clear and then they make hasty decisions that, that don't land well with the other party, or they wind up making a decision they're ultimately not very happy with. So I think, uh, your process of really digging in is, uh, probably had a lot to do with with why those conversations went well and ultimately why you landed in a spot where uh, you are now yeah yeah definitely and this yeah i i i agree with everything you said and it's it's really what i'm trying to uh it's it's yeah it's the thing i'm trying to convey to to people um well, right now, actually, we have employees uh, at, at this new startup, and and I'm trying to to tell that to tell that to people right away, like saying, hey, it's it's fine to leave, uh, not not a problem, you know. <laughs> we don't want people to be to be staying for the wrong reason, but also explaining them what you what you just said about, um, you know, also helping the company back, so the company can help you to leave, but you should be helping the company by, you know, giving enough time, not trying not to. Imp- to have too much impact, a negative impact, you know, when you when you go and and yeah, I think it's very important to me. Also, figuring out what um, 
what to do because at some point when I started this transition, I we actually uh, reorged uh, my team at some point uh, to so I could be less critical to to everything, right? And uh, I even started new projects before leaving the company to you know some things that needed to to be researched and tested and um since i had a lot of um uh his, his historical data about the company the customers and everything i i was trying to help like in a in a bunch of ways and and uh and also you helped helped me a lot actually uh during this transition i i want to mention it because uh you you were a big part of of that transition uh in a sense that i was you know like everything I mentioned so far is just about the company. I mean, it's big. It's, it's where you, 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 you spent all of your time, right? But then there is the rest. Like, uh, who am I as an individual? What do I want to do in life? Um, knowing that working for a company is most of your, of your time, right? During the year, <laughs> even more, more time than you spend with your, with your family, for instance. Um, there is a big question of okay after eight years um what do i want who i want to be in the next you know eight or five <laughs> at least and and yeah i think working with someone uh a coach like you was very 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 important uh, to me and actually after leaving a lot of people ask me about this transition how i was able to manage it and a lot of the time, my a lot of time, my, my answer was well, <laughs> I know someone who can who can help <laughs> if you if you need. So I wanted to mention it. <laughs> well, look, it's it's a it's a pleasure, and it's you know anyone who knows the the sort of reasoning for this podcast knows that the primary motivation was to highlight the folks like you, and and you don't always know what your impact is with your clients, and thankfully, uh, you know. I get to stay connected to a lot of them and, you know, they refer on and it's such a, that's the biggest testament, right? Is when someone, you know, that I've worked with then, you know, speaks about me highly or is, is willing to share something like this. So, so again, I, I appreciate that. And, um, it's really amazing to watch, uh, you know, things that conversations that we had, you know, would ultimately it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with those conversations and you know sometimes i won't hear from my clients for a while right so you know you went off and 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 you made decisions and and we didn't stay connected the whole time and then boom right then it's like you know we reconnect and and i you're then sharing all the things that you have put to action since uh since those conversations so it's so great to to watch the the cycles and then what the output is yep so so you made you made some change, right? So you mm -hmm. ultimately, you know, as you mentioned, you you set the team up in a good way. You stayed around to sort of help to make sure your historical institutional knowledge gets passed on. You did a few little side projects and some some things to to additionally sort of help the company while that transition was was happening. And then you exit. So then, what happens after you leave? So. Actually, before I left, um, I was thinking that I, I would not be able to, to, to not have a professional activity. So I started to, to interview um, in the last few months uh, while I was still employed. 
Uh, actually, everybody knew <laughs> I was trying to be, I mean, everybody at the exec level, at least, because uh, I didn't want to, you know, scare the team or scare any more, anyone. That was very important to me as well. Uh, but that, what I mean is that it was not a, a, a big secret. Um, and, and so I was, the problem I had was I didn't know what to do. Docker was very visible. Uh, my name was fairly known in the in the industry i mean, I mean fairly because honestly it's not uh you know i'm not i'm not really i don't like to be exposed usually uh, it's not my style and so so at least it was um i was not like a, a i'm not a you know a public face or anything but at least in the industry you know customers and and docker users and you know people like that uh, knew who I was. And when it was known that I was looking for a change, uh, I started to, to have a lot of opportunities. So without, without doing much, I started to have a lot of options on the table in front of me um, and, and a lot of different options. It was not always the same one. You know, it is, I, I don't know, CTO in a startup, uh, VP of Eng in medium, larger companies. Even actually, I had a, uh, an opportunity to be a, a, a VP of engineering in a, in a public company to, to lead a pretty large team, larger than what I was doing at Docker. And um, also opportunities to join like a, a, a few people company and, and, and have a big, uh, you know, possibly a big impact. Uh, I say possibly because you never know until you, you do it, but uh, that, was, that was the plan at least. And so I started to... I thought that interviewing for, for different companies was go going to help me decide what I, I wanted. And it actually produced entirely like uh, the, the opposite effect. So I was, you know, I moved from, great, I'm gonna have time, I'm gonna do something new that I like, to, oh, I'm gonna have time, but it's even worse, now I don't know what to do, I'm completely lost. And so I remember we talked together back then, uh, and and at some point I I, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I was you know, and I had to resolve it because uh, you know I, I I couldn't stay in that um, in that situation for for weeks and months. And so what I ended up doing was to to think about what were my priorities in life. You know what 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 did I want it like? Did did I want to manage a big team? Did I want to uh, to make a lot of money? <laughs> did I want to uh, you know to work on a, on a specific product? Um, did I want to work with specific people? Uh, so those were the kind of things I, I went through, and I, I started to solve them actually and score them. And at some point, uh, I ended up with uh, three priorities, um, and I realized that. And I sorted them actually, and I realized that the, the 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 priority number one was the people I was going to work with. Priority number two for me was uh, the 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 topic I, I was going to work work on with those people, uh, and the third one was money. Uh, mon money is is, uh, but it was really a, a a third one in a sense that. I just wanted to have enough money so I could I could sustain my way of life, but that's it. You know, I didn't want to 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 do a 10x on my wealth or anything like that. I was just thinking, if you work, at least you need you not you need to not spend your money. You know, and so so that was my rule. Um, 
and I started to then it was much easier from that point to talk to those companies and know how they they rank against your priorities you know and and I remember that um, at some point I think I think you gave me that advice uh, at some point was to to take some time off uh, and I, I remember back then you t- you told me if you if you create some empty space in your brain, you will see that the the solution will will appear on its own. Uh, I, I still remember that, and I, I followed your advice. I actually turned down every single offer that I had uh, back then. I left Docker uh, in good terms, I think, <laughs> um, and I I took some time off. I did nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Um, I didn't have any plans, you know, I visited my family, my parents in France, they were asking me, what are you doing? What you're going to do? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do next. (laughs) So everyone was kind of scared, you know, uh, for me, but they, they, you know, it's also weird because in that situation, you lose your place in society. Uh, so something I discovered at, at this during this period of time, I realized that the work that you're doing define, defines you as an individual inside, this, inside the society. Um, and so at some point, you, you stopped getting phone calls, you stopped getting emails, you stopped getting, you know, some people who, who you thought were friends uh, asking you about some, some stuff. Uh, because you, you're kind of, you, you become a nobody, you know, uh, and, and I kind of enjoyed that, actually. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good uh, to be a nobody for a few months. And so the plan was to do, to do that for more than a few months. And problem is I spent a summer in France and at some point it clicked uh, in the summer. And I realized that the only way for me to choose the people uh, who I was going to work with and the project I was going to work on was to start a company. It was not solving the money, the money problem, unfortunately. Uh, but that was okay because that was my third priority. And I was thinking if we are able at some point to, you know, to raise some, a little bit of cash and, and pay ourselves, even if it's not right away, uh, it should be fine. And so, so that's what we did. Um, yeah, so I'll stop there because I don't want to talk too much, but I don't know if you have questions. No, you're. That's great. I didn't want to interrupt you because it, it's a it's a fantastic story of, of how you got to to starting this brand new company, uh, which is called Dagger, and that's right. uh, it's it's you, Solomon, and you have a third co-founder, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the third co-founder is Andrea Luzardi. So we we basically sat down to get. So we were always in contact with Andrea Luzardi and and Solomon Hikes, and I think they had the same problem than me. They were planning the next the next thing, and they, they were not sure what it was going to be, um, and so so I, I was I was the first in the in the trio to say I'll start a company. Are you in or not? Basically, and and so <laughs> I'll do. I'm doing it, um, and and so we talked about it seriously, and and so Andrea followed, and and then a bit later Solomon followed, and we. It was the three of us looking for an idea. Uh, it was also weird to not. There, there were a lot of things that were weird. Uh, when you start a company, you're, you're, every time you talk about your idea to someone, it, it sounds like a bad idea every single time. Like <laughs> you know, because until you get users and until you get some sort of, uh, even if you're still pre-market fit, you need to show some some 
you know some uh, some needs some some verification of your of your product idea to to people uh, if you just show up and say hey we just started yesterday and we have this this wonderful idea it's usually you know the answer in in front of of that is uh, well all right okay cool well good luck you know <laughs> and so you know to to the to the the name of your of the podcast the, the trail breaker i think that that was another weird thing about about that which which is to me, that was about breaking the trail uh, in a sense that everyone, every single people out there were, were you know, were, were telling me, oh, you should accept this offer. You should work for that company, this company. I'm going to intro you to someone. You should join them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, why? Because everyone was looking at me uh, as a VP of engineering or some other related work where, where you're leading a, a, an engineering team. And it's kind of where people expect you to be. It's your, it's natural. You have experience doing that and you should do that. That's it. You know, you should not like take a risk and start a company. It doesn't make any sense in your situation. And because they, did, they didn't take into account my, my personal priorities. And so, um, so yeah, we, we just uh, started this company. We did YC, Y Combinator in Mountain View, which is a startup incubator uh, in late 2000, uh, well, early 2019. So we, we got into the program at the end of uh, 2018. Um, at the time, we haven't raised any money. We were just uh, getting into the program, getting some basic funding from them. Uh, we started to 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 do the regular program with other people you know i was it was really refreshing because i i was with uh, fresh grads who just left their, their university to start something i was with uh, other some other experienced people who already had revenues um from from all over the world actually not just california uh and so it, it, yeah it was really refreshing to all be in a room all all you know, everyone was different, working on a different project. And we were actually the last advanced one because every time we were doing a round table, you know, people were like, well, we have, you know, we have 1 million in revenue a year. We are trying to, you know, increase to 40% this year, blah, blah, blah. We need help. Uh, and then some other people were like, well, we have this product that, that solves X. Uh, we are trying to acquire more users, you know, and, and then when it was us, we were saying, well, <laughs> we are originally from Docker. We are looking for an idea. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so that was, that was really weird. Uh, so, so I, w I had the feeling that we, we were breaking the trail entirely. No, no problem. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was good. I mean, I was, I, I don't regret it. And, and w w while I went through that, I was feeling that I was at the right place with the right people. And that was, that was feeling really, really good. Such a cool story. And, uh, I don't know if you're able to talk about what dagger does. I don't know where, yeah. where the company's at in terms of, uh, uh, being able to talk about itself, but if you can, what, what does dagger do? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So, so the product isn't launched, but it's, it's actually, uh, available in, in private alpha and I, and I can, um, 
I can give access to to anyone. Uh, if anyone uh, who's listening to to the, the the show is interested to get access, just just mention um, mention the the podcast in the in the description, and I'll give access right away. Uh, so the, it's available at uh, dagger.io, d a g g e r dot io. Uh, it's a modern CI/CD framework. So what it does, it helps you deploy your code. So every single tech company who's Who's producing some software needs to deploy it, you know, to also deploy it locally on on a machine, and to the cloud. Uh, need to share staging environments. Need to manage a production environment. All of that is very complex. Um, every single company has a different internal platform, and we want to make that very easy for people to do. Um, so we are we are doing to CI/CD what Docker did with con- with to containers basically. So that that's the TLDR. <laughs> Very cool, very cool. And, and, and sorry, CI/CD. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I didn't want to be too technical. CI/CD stands for continuous integration and continuous delivery. So it's the it's the fancy term to say deploying your code. Perfect. Thank you, because uh, for, fo- <laughs> for even folks who work in the space with people like you, I learn something new every day. I, there's no way that I can keep up. So I'm sure some of my listeners uh, would appreciate that that uh, definition. So look, Sam, I am so thankful that you chose to, to join the join the podcast and to put yourself out there uh, and uh, and break another trail. And if um, uh, you were nice enough to share that dagger's information and obviously open it up to folks who, who want to check it out. Uh, if um, if folks want to reach out directly to you, how how might they find you? They can just send me an email, uh, sam, S-A-M, at uh, dagger.io. Uh, and, you know, anyone can, can reach out for, for anything, even follow up, follow up about this conversation. It's, it's a topic that, that's, um, that is very interesting to me. And I'm always willing to dig into that topic with other people. You know, if, if anyone feels that they, you know, my story kind of rings a bell and can be some of those things can be applied to them. Really happy to, to help anyone going through that because it's pretty difficult. But I also heard that this kind of stuff happens every 10 years in a career usually. <laughs> well, we'll see what the next one will look like. <laughs> At least I, I'll, be, I'll be happy to help anyone who needs it. Well, I, I think that folks would be wise to, to shoulder tap you and, and, and hear a little more about what your journey has actually uh, been like. So look, my friend, thank you very much for joining the show and all the best with uh, taking Dagger to the next level. Thank you. Thanks for doing this and inviting me. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. You as well. The Trailbreaker Podcast is created by Aaron Feinberg with production support provided by Michael Morey. More interviews and videos can be found at aaronfeinberg.com.